For almost 20 years now, I've had the opportunity to meet and close deals with some of the greatest agents from all over the globe. And what I've found is that most of these top agents, they really share the same qualities, the ability to let go of their own agenda and, and help and serve others, to having that relentless ability to keep pushing in the face of adversity through shifting markets. This podcast, World's Greatest Agent, is designed to showcase what the top agents from all over the world are doing to stay inspired, to keep pushing, to stay focused, and what ultimately drives them. I think you guys are really gonna enjoy this. Thanks for coming along the ride. Well, we are here, guys. Welcome to World's Greatest Agent. I am your host, Kevin Sturdivant, and this is our second episode. I am so inspired to share with you guys the story of somebody that has made a huge impact in my life. When I think about my entry into real estate, um, it's really five people. It's uh, my mom, my dad, my mentor Thatch, my brother Jonas, and my dude Derek Oy. Thank you, D, so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Dude, glad to be here. Holy smokes, here. dude. Daytime sight and yeah. uh, rare and uh, just glad to be here. Glad to be here. Man, I'm so honored to have you on the show, dude. This is really uh, a game changer. I, 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 I love the fact that uh, you're like, I've always called you the invisible man. Yep. Right? Forever. There's no, there's no social media. You're just a game changer in the industry doing work. Doing work. Ordinary dude. So before we get into uh, how you got where you're at right now, yep. can you give the listeners a scope of like, what does the operation look like? What kind of business is it? Break it down for us. So the operation um, has about 35 people on it right now. 35 partners. Awesome. Uh, we've grown that, ex you know, pretty fast over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, we're doing expansion. So we're in different market centers. So we're in, you know, about seven markets now. And what, where are the markets? Uh, Beverly Hills, Brentwood. Okay. And we're just starting out there. Downey, Alhambra, Redlands, Covina. And then like the hub is in Chino Hills. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Man. Yeah. Wow. So in your career, right. How many, how many personal transactions are we talking about? How many homes sold? You know, in my career, which spans a long time, okay, so just a little over 4,000. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, a little over 4,000. So like 4,000. Yeah, so 4,000. 4,000. So, 4, so, 4, so 4, you know, 4, I got in when I was a teenager, wow. and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the part-time days, but uh, uh, yeah, so been doing it a while. Crazy. Lasted, yeah. and, uh, and still have the energy, passion, drive, desire at age 51 that I probably had when I was 21. So I'm super <laughs> fortunate, super blessed about that. That's so awesome, yeah, man. Well, dude, take us back to the beginning then. How, how'd okay. you get, how'd you get into this thing? So, you know, I got into it when I was seven years old, I was, you know, worked for a realtor in Hacienda Heights, California. And this guy was kind of like the legend. When you were how old? Seven years old. Okay. So I was doing his farming stuff. Okay. <laughs> At seven. <laughs> At seven. Oh, dude. Yeah. So, you know, passing there, there, out, there are no child labor. Laws yeah, there are not, not, you know, passing out pumpkins on July 4th. And, you know, back in the seventies, you know, the guys that were, they, they were like master farmers. Like okay. you walked into your house and there was like the ice cream scoop with the guy's name on it, the calendar. The wow. note, just, so. Everyone's home just looked like a real it, estate it office. It was like, yeah. So, um, so I just looked at that guy and I said, man, that's what I want to do. No way. Yeah. So I said, 
And the guy was nice as the day is long, but just like a, a rock star. And I said, that's it. Uh, so ended up going to college, got my real estate license, worked at, at a real estate company, answering phones, wow. 18 years old. And then, uh, you know, did got, you do any other kind of sales in between seven and when do you, how old were you when you officially licensed? 18. 18. Yeah. So did you, did you, was there anything in the middle of that where you, you got to experience the sales game? Lemonade stands, Cutco when I was 18. Yeah. Dude, always, and you know, do like two or three jobs, the whole gig. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two to three jobs, the whole gig. Um, and then, you know, did it part-time through college, got a broker's license. Um, after college, I, I, you know, at Cal State Fulton, took one year at USC. And then really I just said, okay, it's time to go. Right. Okay. Time to go, time to roll, time to put this in. And I said, I'm ready. I'm prepared. And and, you know, I had read a lot of books from, you know, all, you know, got the formal training, a lot of mindset training. I said, OK, I'm going to go out and like tear this thing up. So you're really driven. Driven. Where does that come from? Probably from my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, my dad passed away when I was 12. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just super large guy in my life. You wow. know, I always say I won the lottery having like incredible parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know. Uh, but just, you know, um, I think one of the things, and you know, you can read it in any book and they talk about gratefulness. You know, one of the things that I'm really grateful for is, you know, you see people that could have went a, a lot of different yeah. ways, right? And for some reason I didn't go down like that bad of a path mm. for a long period of time and it didn't like derail me. And I, and I just think like there was some outside factors and I've always been super grateful for that. And then my dad said this saying to me, you know, he said, you know, what you are is my gift to you. And what you become is your gift to me. Wow. You know, and, you know, died of cancer. And, but he just, he was just, and I always felt that, like, I only had him for 12 years. Yeah. But, like, that was a long time. And wow. And that, that was a lot. So he really impressed this thing upon you of, like, your, your gift, you know, you're, you're, you're the gift to me, but who you become, that's no going to be how you give it back. Drives me to this day. Wow. Drives me to this that's day. That's incredible. And, and, and and, you know, I just saw how he poured into people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was really what I said. It's like, he, if he was with somebody, like he was with somebody. There could right. be other people around. He was like, I want to hear your story. I want to know what's about you. And I just, I took a lot in 12 years. Yeah. But it kind of, you know, you hear those words and you say, you know, I got to do something with my life. Does that make sense? Well, I'll tell you, man, I was dead set on selling real estate in Beverly Hills. Yep. You know, for me, it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sell real estate in Beverly Hills. I was already working under an agent in Beverly Hills. Um, I spent a year doing that because I kept pass, I kept failing the real estate tests. So you would call me, Hey Kev, how'd it go? Failed. Yep. Call me again. How'd it go? Failed. Yep. Yep. And then when I finally passed, um, I was like, D, I'm not going to San Dimas, bro. I'm living uh, downtown LA. Yep. I'm gonna do these deals out here, but you know, once we met and you, it was just you. I was like, man, I gotta come work with this guy, you know. And it was really, I think that was that was a major start for my career is seeing the impact that you had on me because of how your you weren't like, we're going to do this whole thing and this thing's all about me. You were like, what do you want? You know, and it was, is for me really feeling like you are somebody who really cared about me that I'm like, okay, so that's how you sell. This guy sold mm -hmm. me on 
not selling in Beverly Hills sold me on coming over here because he just poured into me. That's how you sell. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we, we got we got to talk about some trailers if we have some time on this. Yeah. Thing. So, for so sure. the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, holy fun, crap. the fun stuff. Not only. You know. Not, not you only. Share. Go ahead. Not only did you convince me to leave. Where I was at, the the name brand brokerage in, in Beverly Hills. But you're like, Kev, come over here to San Dimas. You know, I, I, I got this. Fa- it's an old-fashioned, it was a fashion clothing store. We're going to turn the dressing rooms into the, your prospecting booths. But for the next three months or so, we're going to be working out of these trailers in the back. In an alley. In an alley. Yep. And I signed up. And you signed up. <laughs> and then when they kicked us out of the trailers, I said, Kev. We're kicked out. Where are we going? We're working in a volleyball court in a oh gym. Oh my god, I forgot about okay. that. Uh, you know, I was and in, I, dude. Yeah, and, and, and I shared with you a little oh bit about. Oh my goodness, you know, I forgot about yeah. that. So I shared with you a little bit about that Macklemore song. You know, yeah. These are the good old days, right? So you and I have had this incredible relationship for Absolutely. 15 years. But we talk about like, hey, you know, enjoy the process, yeah. and, and and remember these moments because this is what we talk about. So, so amazing, man. So you know, my first year in real estate. You know, I thought I was armed, ready to go, and um, I was out knocking doors six hours a day. Okay. And then who told you to do that? Neil Schwartz. Neil Schwartz. Wow. And you know, and if time permits, look, you and I have been had some incredible people around. Yeah, our lives. we have. And like man. you yeah, know, and have. I always feel if we don't hit it out of the park, yeah, you know, we're letting some people down that have been we've we've Holy been smoked, super super dude. fortunate, right? Yeah. So, and I, I was kind of the guinea pig because I thought. Like we talked about car, everybody did that. Right. So I thought you just knocked doors for six hours a day. Yeah. And then uh, you came back and you cold called out of the white pages as a crisscross directory. <laughs> I just thought that that's what it was being a real estate yeah. agent. I'm glad I didn't know any different. Right. Um, my first year wasn't a huge success. And I thought, man, I'm going to hit it out of the park. I did six deals. Wow. But, you know, what How I. How many lo- doors do you think you knocked on that first year? So, you know, we can talk. Probably about, well, I was doing about 200 a day, um, five days a week in open houses on the weekend. That's like, yeah, I mean, so. That's you like know, 800 doors. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Freud Candelier <laughs> talks about cutting through lawns to save time. So yeah. I was cutting through lawns or wow. whatever. And, and you know, it's funny. I mean, we could talk about scripts and all these things. But well, let, me, let me ask you this yeah, question. Yeah, Because so if you knocked on, put, you knocked on at least six, 7,000 doors yep. in year one. Yeah. What do you think was missing that? For every 1,500 doors, you sold a home. What do you think was missing that didn't cause you at that time to break through and have a, you know, because uh, what's a breakthrough? Year, year one, if you, if you sell 20 homes, yep. that's a breakthrough, right? For sure. Do you remember what your goal was? My goal was 12. Your goal was 12. My goal was 12. So you hit yeah. half. Yeah, I hit half. Um, what do you think was missing? You know, what was missing? I don't know if it was confidence. Um you know, I don't know if anything was missing. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm just, you know, I, I can't think of anything. You know, I was a slow starter. What was what wasn't missing was, you know, all that rejection and all of those, you know, you know, fifteen hundred dollars for one deal, they made me stronger. Heck yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was learning by the time I got my first listing presentation, right. you know, I had already rehearsed it for, for days. That's powerful to think though, man, because I personally don't know. I haven't coached anybody that did that amount of work ethic and stayed inspired. Here's what I would say. It's super tough. Yeah. It's super tough. 
Um, but I also believed, you know, that, you know, even before the compound effect, I also believed that if I kept doing this, because I was getting a lot of people, right. I was getting, and I had the little three by five card, the shoe box, January through December, and I was getting a lot of contacts. And I said, okay, even if I'm not getting now business, right. but I can master lead follow-up, yeah. things are going to happen. Wow. So that first year um, wasn't great. By year five, I had closed 117 deals. Woo! And you could say, was that year five? I go, no, that was years one through five. Years one through five. I've just so, you so you averaged 25 deals a year within your first five years. But it went through that hockey stick thing like, hey, it was like this, and then boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you I remember mean? how many deals you closed your second year? 21, I think. Dang. Dang. Yep. And that's what's crazy, man. They say that there is, they don't say, it's a fact. 85% of agents who have their license come 18 months are no longer in the game. Yep. And I've experienced that for myself. I've had some 50 plus people. We showed, we pulled back the curtain. Here's how you do it. And you know, that, that, that first year I can tell you, you know, funny story, you know, my broker came to me. So I was listening to Tony Robbins, going to Mike Ferry first month in the business. Wow. And I was fired up. Yeah. Okay. And so the broker comes to me, says, pulls me in, says, dude, love you working here. A lot of the agents have a problem with you. And I said, what's the problem? I'm nice. Everybody goes, you're too loud. Which, okay. <laughs> and, I go, and I go, well, I can try it. He goes, you're not going to be able to calm it down. Yeah. Okay. So That's he said so to me, funny. he goes, we either got to come up with a solution or I got to let you go. Wow. And, and, and the guy was, you know, like a father to me. Right. Okay. Um, so we said, we can't, the solution was building a, you know, going into a bathroom that nobody uses yeah. and putting cardboard over the bathroom or, you know, plywood over the, over the toilet, and over right. the sink. And that was my office. Oh my and God. So, that is so uh, funny, dude. Yeah. So I worked in a bathroom for the, for, for <laughs> four years. Okay. And, That's uh, so funny. No cap. At, at least we, at least we, uh, demoed the bathroom that Carter's in. That's cause. Yeah. They, yeah. 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 For the same reason. And, you know, I mean, I would sit in the back of those sales meetings, and like I said, I mean, I was fortunate to land in the right plot, the right space. But from door knocking, if you door knock that, you know, I would have bloody knuckles. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I'd have band-aids on the back, on my wow. hands, you know? And um, so I'd sit in the back of the sales meeting. It was on Valley Boulevard, and I just didn't want anybody to see my band-aids. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, the, the, some of the blood just makes you stronger. That's insane, Does that make sense? dude. Yeah. So, uh, so then, you know, fast forward 117 in year five, uh, and then five years later broke through to, you know, 200 deals and, wow. uh, and you know, um, and then, you know, it's been off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, you know, you're, you're 30, right? Yeah. You're in your thirties and you have a successful real estate career, mm -hmm. right? What do you think were some of the, the qualities that you had where not everybody gets to do that, man? I mean, because by the time you were 30, you had some 250-something sales under your belt, mm -hmm. right? What do you think were the qualities that you have that made that possible? Well, a couple things that made it possible was this. You know, I met a guy when I was, you know, really, you know, right around 18. He says, you know, you can make a lot of money selling real estate. That's great, but you can make more money buying it. Mm. So, you know, my first car was an absolute clunker, a Volkswagen Squareback. But I didn't graduate. And I saw guys doing deals, and they would graduate to these super nice cars right away. 
So I graduated to like a Volkswagen Fox. Right. But I took that money that I could have bought on that BMW and I bought a little condo for 35000 La Pointe. Wow. And then I bought another condo there and then I bought another condo there. And then, you know, I bought a four unit building. So in my 20s, even though I was not driving that nice of a car, you know, I said, this is this business can be a grind. Yeah. There's no there's no, you know, retirement plan. Right. There's no SEP IRA. And I didn't know anything about that stuff. And I said, I got to have, you know another plan mm. because so I started buying real estate when I was very young and, and just chose to do that. And you'd rent it out, rent it out, you know, rent it out. And then, you know, the accumulation effect happens. And, uh, but you know, as far as other factors, you know, I just feel that I was very fortunate to be around, you know, great mentors, great coaches. Yeah. And I sought them out. I mean, you remember Karen Bernardi. I yeah. mean, I, Hey, I see her at a Mike Ferry seminar, call her up, Boulder, Colorado. I'm going to fly out there. Yeah. Okay. So I was relentless about that. Ron Garber, number one REMAX agent in the United States right. back in the REO days. Ron, I'm coming down there. Who are you? I'm coming down with the yellow pad. I was just relentless wow. about seeking out mentors and knowing that, look, if I want to scale in my life and my business, I got to find people that are smarter, doing it better and things like that. And I've been... And I still do that to this day. That's awesome, man. And, you know, like one of the things that I think could be useful for a lot of our listeners, right, is is mentorship seems to be a little bit easier to find these days. I yep. mean, bef for, between following people on Insta to YouTube, the amount of free content that's out there. Yep. But to find a personal mentor, what do you think are, are some of the best tips of – how does somebody go out and find a mentor? Why do you think these people, Karen Bernardi, Ron Garber, why do you think they were open to sitting with this total stranger yep. and telling the secrets? Well, first of all, I think that they saw that there was some desire. I think that they saw that there was no hidden agenda be besides me wanting to be really great at my craft. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you get to a certain level, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, you have a sense of obligation. This right. is what I feel. Do you know what I mean? And we've talked about the concept of you have to pass the baton. Yeah. Okay. And I think they were willing to sit with me because they saw that there was a lot of desire mm. and that I wanted to figure out how to do business the right way. Okay. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, you know, and, um, and that's why I think that they were open to sitting with me. That's awesome, yeah. man. All right. So let's talk business, right? Most of the listeners are in the real estate industry yeah. or thinking about getting into the real estate industry or they just got into the industry. Yeah. How do you get business? And what are your personal beliefs about going out there and obtaining business? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about some corporate business, stuff like that. And I have this theory that, look, you got to you got to be in the stream. Yeah. OK, you got to be in motion. And sometimes right. you can be doing this over here and then boom. It just, you know, I'm not saying, hey, go out, read the book, The Secret, go out and sit in a field. Yeah. But I'm saying if you are in motion, there's, you know, that magnetic attraction that's going to find you. Yeah. And so, you know, I was out knocking doors and making cold calls and then started, you know, for sale by owners, expired listings and then past clients, all these things. So it started scaling. And, you know, I can remember. So I'm up, you know, fast forward a few years. I'm up in Washington. Um going through Trader Joe's and talking to a guy named Mike Young. And he's saying, Hey, you know, do you, he asked me this question. Do you think real estate agents will pay for referrals? Right. And I say, they'll pay for referrals all day long. Yeah. And we're like in Trader Joe's. I go, what's the name of the company that you work for again? He goes, oh, I'm starting to work at Redfin. Okay. 
And so, you know, back in 2008, Luck would say, I happen to meet Mike and have, have this friendship with Mike and, and then get to know, you know, Glenn and, and some of the guys and Adam and, and became the first Redfin partner agent in the United States. Wow. So some people would say that's luck. And then a couple of years later, um, um, you know, was in, got referred to a company called Centex, sell a couple of houses and, and some people would say that's luck. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, um, you know, in 2012, I get a call from a guy at, out of Treehouse Group, and they're starting this company that turned into Invitation Homes, about 83,000 homes. You know, I have this meeting. And people said, oh, you know, those are some really good things to uh -huh. have happen yeah. in a lot of different spaces, right. right? And, you know, I agree 100%. So, but I also say, you know, if I wasn't prepared and on point, then those things would have went away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I needed to be that guy that was ready when those opportunities happen because mm. I, I believe we all have opportunities sometimes, but we aren't prepared or we don't even know their opportunities. Right. You know, and if somebody's going to open the door, you know, I'm going to make sure that I make that that door is going to remain open and it's going to be about service. Yeah. I mean, look, we are in a service industry and we don't have time to talk about, you know, the changing models and I about, we don't have time to go into that depth, but it's really going to come back to, you know, we are in the service business, you know? Well, and I love what you said. It's about being in the stream. In the stream. Yeah. I say it all the time. Yeah. Because you know I mean? if you were floating around from a place of, oh, what do you get business? What do you get business? I'm going to hallucinate uh, that you would have met those same people and you wouldn't have been the person that they felt that they needed to take this thing to the next level. Yep. But because you were the person, because you're in the stream, you're moving and shaking, you match what they're up to. Yep. They're looking to grow and expand. You're looking to grow and expand. 100%. Derek's my guy. Yep. Synergy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Synergy. Absolutely. So I just, you know, as far as getting business, you know, I'm going to tell you this. I mean, I could outline saying, look, you have to, first of all, have the mentality that you are not Apple. Nobody's walking into the store, 4,000 people a month. That right. you have to be, you're in an outbound sales business. Okay. Yeah. And you also have to have the belief that you're going to be uncomfortable doing it. Right. Okay. But, you know, we talk about this in this last year. We talk about, look, two words, and they're, we don't have to talk about 100 words, value proposition. Right. And look, Kev, if you're in pharmaceutical sales and you have the cure for cancer, you're going to go out and you're going to say, if you get rejected, you're going to say, hey, look, no, you have to talk to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. When's your last appointment? 11 o'clock at night. I'll be here at 11 one. Yeah. So if you can just work on your value proposition, you're going to have that confidence and that fear is going to go away. And you're going to say, look, I want to go out and tell my story and share my services. So Derek, Does that make sense? let's say I'm a, makes total sense. Let's say I'm a brand new agent Yep. and they're interviewing five people and I just cold called this person and they said, fine, we'll give you a shot. What is, what would you say at, at Derek? year two, right? What would your value proposition be? Why, why should somebody hire Derek year two versus they're interviewing Marty, they're interviewing Neil, yeah, they're interviewing yeah. a couple other guys, yeah. and they're interviewing 22-year-old Derek Oy. Fantastic. What, what's, the, what's the value prop? Fantastic. And if we get time to go back to my first listing presentation, I, I will say this. So my value proposition, we'll do a little script and role playing. I say, fantastic, great. First of all, I'd Eminem, you know, the, the movie... Yeah. Or at the very end, you know, I'd say, look, I'm not going to tell them anything that I'm not. 
Right. Okay. But I am going to be clear that we're selling real estate in 2019. The value prop isn't, and I would say this, the value prop isn't information anymore. Mm. Because a 16-year-old girl can get on her phone and find out comps, history, yeah. commute time, all of a sudden. So that's not the value prop anymore, mm. number one. So I take that off the table for Okay. Her. Okay. This person has all the knowledge. Well, so do I. Here's my phone. Right. Number one. Yeah. So I take that off the table. Number two, they said, oh, you know, we're interviewing Mario. I say, are you going to be working with this person or their team? Even wow. though I build a team. Right. So I can sell against them or I can sell as an yeah. individual agent. That's good. But I'd say this. Look, we all know as we go through life, the most valuable commodity is somebody's time. Yeah. Okay. And what I would offer them as a 22-year-old is my time. Yeah. And I'd say, look, I have, I can get the information. I know how to get the information. You have the information. You go to Zillow, whatever it is. I'm going to give you my time. That's what that's I would powerful. say. That's powerful. Does that make sense? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, man. So you kind of, I, I was going to go into the next thing first because the first question was how do you get business? The next question was secrets of your listing presentation. Well, I'll give you my first listing presentation. Yeah. So I'm the polyester suit. I have two polyester suits <laughs> and stuff like that. And I didn't know it. I, I think I saw Matt Ferry speak afterwards as far as an emotional close. But, you know, um, my first listing presentation, I went out there and the guy asked me, and he was interviewing two other guys and, and, um, from my company. And uh, he said, you know, why should we hire you? Okay. And, um, you know, here's my marketing plan. This is before the MLS. Right. And before the internet. Wow. Right? So everybody had the same marketing plan. We're going to do open houses every weekend. We're going to door knock around your house and we're going to deliver flyers to the 20 real estate offices in the neighborhood. There's no that, MLS. There was no MLS. That's insane. Yeah. Big yellow books. And even before that. So, um, what I shared with him, you know, is, and I had been prepping because I'd been knocking doors before I got this. And I, and I shared with the guy, I said, he got, I, you know, I have no clients. So I just shared with the guy, he goes, how many clients do you have? I go, I have no clients. And you can see the sweat going down on his face okay and uh he goes what's your marketing budget and i'm going a couple hundred dollars and then the sweat's just going because he goes how long have you been in the business yeah i go i've been licensed for x amount of months and uh how many homes have you sold i haven't sold a home right okay we all have to believe that we all have to start somewhere yeah these people that we admire and 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 look at the reality is they all had to start somewhere 100 percent. does that make sense absolutely so what i just said to the guy and i just said look I mean, I was living off my Texaco credit card at the time. So I said, I'm just going for it. Yeah. Okay. So I just said, look, I believe that we are all writing a success story in real estate. Yeah. Okay. And I believe I'm going to be very successful. I have no evidence to that, but I believe that. And I said, what I need, Tom, is I need somebody. I'm not just asking you to sign a listing agreement. What I need somebody to do is write the first sentence to my success story. And I handed him the pen, okay? <laughs> and, and the wife is over there looking at me like, I wish you're, like, you're my son. Yeah. Like, she's got this big smile. But then I pan over to Tom. He's still got the sweat coming down. Oh, my gosh. And I hand him the pen. And I go, for sure he's got to do it. And then he hands me the pen back. He says, sorry. Talking to Mike Metz, Mike Scanlon. They know this neighborhood, you know. Too big of a risk for us. Right. So so I put my pen back in my pocket and then um, thank him. And then on my way out, I dropped the pen underneath the table. Okay. And I drive down Los Altos, Hacienda, Tetley, go to the 7-Eleven, make a phone call. Hi, it's Derek. Tom, 
I think I left my pen there. Can you check underneath the table? He goes, it's there. I go, I hang up. I go, I'll come back and get it. So he's at the door when I knock yeah. with my pen. He says, did you do this on purpose? And I said, I did. Okay. He goes, why? And I go, you said you need to think about it. Have you thought about it? Yes, I have. And I go, Tom, I also know this. Sometimes buyers and sellers just needed a little bit of nudge. And they need to see that the guy's going to have the perseverance and the creativity and all these things. And I said, I've got nothing as far as, you know, past clients or anything like that. But I've got those traits. And I think those are going to help you get your home sold. And he said, come in. <laughs> that makes sense? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at some point, you know, whether it's your first listing or your first buyer or you're start you at some point you got to say, man, I got to burn the ships. Right. I got to go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's going to be failures. There's going to be breakdowns, but I got to go for it or I'm never going to see what's possible. It's awesome. Does that make sense? Totally. It's huge. What was your biggest, what was your biggest breakdown? Gosh. What'd uh, you learn from it? I think my biggest breakdown, and you know the history, you know, I mean, I had built a successful real estate career and sell sales and buying investment properties, flipping homes. And then, you know, when I was young, I bought a restaurant. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that ended up costing me millions of dollars. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, when you and bought it in Huntington Beach. Yep. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's two parts to that. What I learned is this, you know, looking at saying I bought it because of ego. Mm. I didn't know anything about the restaurant business. <laughs> you know, when you just had that come to yeah. Jesus talk, say, okay, yeah. let's, let's like do the autopsy. Yep. Had no business being in the space. Right. You know, young kid, restaurant in Huntington Beach. And, and um, um, so that was a real breakdown. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I went, I went from like not having to get up, you know, had some cash flow coming in. But uh, at the same time that you launched your real estate office, you oh, launched yeah. a restaurant yeah. in Huntington Beach. Yeah. An hour away from the real estate office. Oh, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, and you know, you know, I mean, I was literally picking up food in Fountain Valley, driving it to Huntington Beach in the morning, coming up selling real estate, and then going back to the mm. restaurant at night. And, um, you know, and, and I was very fortunate to have somebody that bought that restaurant. It wasn't even for sale. It says, hey, you know, buy the restaurant. What, um, was the, what was the lesson for that? Why do you think that happened? What'd you, what was the big takeaway? You know, I think the big takeaway was this is, you know, I, 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 I learned that, you know, there's a difference between ego and confidence. Mm. So I have a high level of confidence, uh, but I don't make decisions based on ego anymore. Yeah. Okay. And I learned, I, I got to learn that lesson a hard way at a very young age, Yeah. you know, but I also learned that, you know, um, I, I carry these three by five cards on a ride on and one of the things is that I wrote down after that is I said, you know, they were never the same. And I said, you know, I could either use this in a positive way because things happen in people's life and you hear they say that happened and they were never the same. Right. Okay. So I said, I can either say that happened and they were never the same. And I'm not writing that success story that I told Tom Berger about, or I can say, I'm going to learn from it, extract from it. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to use this mountain of debt that, I, that came with it to say, now I have to elevate my game. Right. Okay. So in hindsight, you know, there's that phrase blessing in disguise. It ended up being one, even though I couldn't see it in the moment. Oh, for sure. It, it made me become a better business person. I had to learn how to be a better leader to lead men and women that were going to be under me. Yeah. There was all of these other cascading effects that came with it. Does that make sense? 
so huge. So one of the things that I always appreciated about you and I appreciate you to this day is, and just so you know, I have so many voicemails saved from you. Well, you are like the mic drop king. You come up with these stories and these metaphors. Where does that come from? Um, I think it would come from the Genesis. Maybe. Well, first of all, thank you. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think it comes from, uh, first of all, you know, when you go out and get kicked in the head, I'm probably the most rejected guy in the real estate industry. You've been doing it a long time, yeah. been prospecting based. And so I always say I'm the most rejected guy in the industry. So, you know, um, so I think from the sales part, I was able to learn a lot and said, man, I got to, it was just like that Tony Robbins. There was always like 1% improvement all the time. Does right. that make sense? Um, I think that, you know, if you say the mic drop thing, I, I think it comes from just an overall attitude saying, look, we're not going to be here forever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I got a couple of ways I can go through this, but I'm just going to go through this and just be grateful. Yeah. And I know that sounds like so cliche, but you know, if you get a voicemail and I get a voicemail from you and there's that enthusiasm. Yeah. Like I feel, um, what's the word? Like, I feel like I can't ever just leave you a regular voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, this guy just left me this like Oscar worthy voicemail. I got to like come up with something when I leave Dia voicemail. No, it's just, it, here's what I'll tell you. Look, Let's let's have some fun. Let's let's you know just gratefulness. I think it just stems from. It. I wish there was like something more magical, but that's magical in itself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, right. hey, dude, you know whatever that voicemail may be. Glad you're in my life. Right. Proud of you. You know we talk about breakdowns and breakthroughs all the yeah. time, and uh, and cheerleading. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean I think that you know we're like hey. When you feel that you're like going somewhere, look, it's okay to like be cheerleaders for a lot of people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Look, you have a team here, right? Part of your role is being cheerleader. And you, we talked about this. Hey, what do you want to do? And let me just be like one guy. Yeah. I have nobody in my life that's a cheerleader. Somebody can say, Come. I'll apply for the job. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's awesome, man. So give us some of your best thoughts. You know, like I feel like you're, you're an encyclopedia of great thoughts, stories. What are some of the, 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 the even quotes of all time that have really made a big difference in your life? Gosh, well, I mean, whether it, they're your own I mean, or somebody else, you know, I mean, it's that, that left brain high analytical. I mean, I'm the guy that's at, you know, stoplight Wikipedia, you know, you know, um, Whoever it may be. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm just always learning about great companies, whether it's the Four Seasons and finding out about Izzy Sharp. I mean, I'm just, I'm in it. Um, I don't know if there's, from the quote standpoint, I can tell you some of the things that I tell my guys. Yeah. Okay. And I think guys come to me and say, hey, you know what? These guys are moving the needle. We want to do this. We want this big transformation. They're looking for like this, where's the, where's the magic sauce and where's the secret pill? And really, if I was to break down what I tell these guys, I said, look, I mean, I say, do you know who John Wooden is? Yeah. They say, who's that? Pyramid of success, fundamentals, teaching like Lou Alcindor, you know, to tie his shoes. No, we don't. Okay. So I say, let me just tell you what we teach these guys. I go, look, first of all, one thing that we talk about every day, five days a week, become a great listener. That's it. Okay. Become a great listener. What does that mean, Derek? Look, if you meet somebody, JP, and you know, don't forget their name in five minutes. Right. Okay. Listening says... You matter. I care about you. Yeah. And master that. Um, we talk about not being confused. Right. 
We talked a little yeah. bit about that. Look, I mean, you're not going to have all of the pieces figured out to the puzzle, but you still have to learn to execute. It's not about the aim, aim, aim guy. Right. You know, there's, you're, you're going to be like reinventing this thing and improving this thing, but don't hesitate on that. Mm. Does that make sense? Become a great listener. Don't be confused. Don't be confused. Don't get caught up in ready, aim, ready, aim, ready, aim. Yep. Yep. You know, I mean, what we learned from Mike Ferry, you know, show up, pay attention, tell the truth, don't be attached to the outcome. I mean, one of the real reasons that I tell my guys, I want you to get into production, I want you making a lot of money, and they say, why is that? And I say, obviously, there's a multitude of reasons, but so you can give undistilled advice. Mm. And they said, what does that mean? I say, there's going to be times where you're going to tell somebody to pay $100,000 more than the list price. And there's going to be times where you know that there's a better product for that prop, that client. And you're going to say, there's something better. Yeah. And you're going to be able to be so strong because it's literally about their best interest. And you can't do that from a position of like financial worry. Right. So go out there. And one of the big reasons is, is, and people smell it. They taste it. They yeah. know it. Does that make yeah. sense? And um, so, you know, I, I, I talk a little bit, a lot about that. Yeah, go out there and be super successful so that you're not you're not an agent with commission breath because you need the money. Yeah. So basically what you're telling your guys is the better you do in this game, the the better you're going to be as an agent because you're going to be able to make decisions from a place of what is best for them. Yep. Not worried about yourself. Yeah, I mean and and if you just have that modus operandi on if you ask somebody and say, look, I think it's going to take a hundred grand over the list price. They're going to know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I talk to my guys a lot about doing research and making sure you're, we talk about preparation all the time. Yeah. We talk about preparation and that goes back to saying, look, if you just show up at a listing appointment or with a buyer and you're not like prepared or whatever, I say it sends a message. You don't care enough. Absolutely. Does that make sense? That's huge. Yeah. My first 22, my first listing that I got above 20 million bucks I was like, oh man, how the, the hell am I going to bring? I thought about making this book and I thought about, you know, making some nice fancy thing. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just really study this property. And I took a look at every single home that had sold above $20 million that was a 1970s or older home from San Diego to the Bay. And that's what I showed up to the report with. And she interviewed a couple of people, but she's like, nobody brought anything close to this data. And that data was free. So let me tell you what the value proposition to that seller mm -hmm. is. When you get an offer in on that property yeah. and you've done that data and you know the comps blindfolded, yep. okay, it puts you in a better position for that seller to maximize the sale of the home, to maximize the equity level. Right. That's what it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, there's guys, I mean, there's guys that are agents in under other industries like Scott Boris, sports agent. And dude, they prepare and have data and things like that because they know it's going to value their client higher. It's huge. Does that make sense? Know the data. Know the data. Yeah. Do you know it's what I mean? Awesome, man. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the shift, Yeah. right? Yeah. Tell us about the shift that you've made in your business the last few years. Yeah. So, you know, I will say this. Um, so I told you, you know, my dad passed away when he was, you know, 48 and my oldest brother also passed away when he was 48. Mm. Okay. So when I'm getting close to that 48 thing, right. you know, and I even heard, I had somebody say, you know, is it a jinx? I even heard somebody say that. Like, yeah. dinner, I go, um, so I kind of had to, you know, is that e evaluating your life kind of, yeah. and I said, 
some of the things that I'm doing are good, mm. but they're not great. Right. Okay. And you know, you just have to have that realization. I say, okay, well, what does it look like? So, you know, I just kind of made the decision saying, look, if I get past 48, I'm on extended time and I'm going to go find out what it looks like. Wow. Okay. And so I literally made some big moves, set some big goals. And then like what we were talking about is, you know, I set these big goals, but then I get to the point and say, look, I'm actually that beat. I'm being that guy that's right. going after it and saying, look, maybe I just want to go with no limits. Let's just see how good the product and the service can be and not have any limits on it. Does that that's make what sense? What's what you were telling my guys earlier, you know, the process is be, do, have. But what you said was that many times the have sets a limitation. 100%. What happens if you just play a big game being it and you just go and do work? Yep. See what happens. Yeah, just see what happens. Yeah. Don't say I'm going to, you know, just, just say, just focus on the work and the service and the impact. Right. Okay. And then just see where it goes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's awesome. We talk about these guys that just are that overnight success, right? You know, we've heard that term. And it's usually guys that have been working on the being and the doing and working on the product or the service. And then at some point, the marketplace gets it and boom, they mm. go up the hockey stick. Yep. Does that make sense? It's powerful, man. And so that was where your current shift came from. That's where the current shift came from. And I said, look, you know, we were, we were, the reality is we were doing between 240 and maybe 300 deals a year for 12 years. Yeah. So I literally came in and I sent you a photo. I said, look, I came into our office, put a thousand nails in the wall, hung a thousand keys. And I said, this is what we're up to. Yeah. So we're going after a thousand deals, thousand deals, a thousand deals. So, um, I set a goal to go after a thousand, you know, have our team help a thousand clients. Me personally represent a hundred clients per year and then invest in 10 real estate companies. Boom. So that's what I set up. That was and how long ago was that? Two years ago. And where are you at now? Hitting the hockey stick. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So cool. Well, D it's been, uh, it's been an amazing journey knowing you, watching you, learning from you, getting hundreds of thousands of voicemails. Anybody who, uh, does not have an opportunity to get those voicemails from you uh, is missing out. I hope you know that you, you, you've been an extraordinary human being in my life. And I really want this podcast to be the thing that launches you more into the social media atmosphere. Uh, you're the only person that I bug about this because... Uh, well, I think it might actually be because you're the only person that I know that's not on Facebook or Instagram. Yep. But really what it comes from is I feel like you are robbing people of so much inspiration to uh, to not hear more from you. Well, you, you got you got to we got to use this podcast as a thing that catapults you into more people's minds because you are really uh, a game changer in the industry. Well, Thank you, pal. It means a lot coming from you. And, and uh, you know, I thought a lot about that. You, you've been you've been kind of like the uh, catalyst behind it. <laughs> and, you know, I think the reason besides just the incredible hang time, you know, that we get is, you know, I look at all a lot of people that, you know, I get inspired by. Yeah. And 
somebody made a comment to you saying, look, even if it's one person, why don't you go out and try to do the same thing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, you've been a catalyst for that. Awesome. And, uh, and I thank you for that. Appreciate you, yeah. brother. So by the time this comes out, we should at least have an Instagram is what I'm hearing. It's happening. Woo! Yeah. Watch yeah. out. Yep. All right, cool. So I'll make sure to tag you in that. I can't wait. D, any final last words, man, for somebody who, no matter where you're at in the game, yep. you know, um, if there was one, one shirt, you know, we've talked about the shirt off. Yep. Your back program, yep. which you've, you, you've not on social media, just another example of one of the awesome things you've done. Mm -hmm. You have provided shirts for how many thousands of people now? Mm -hmm. uh, how, do you know what that number is? 110,000. 110,000 people. Just kind of something D does on the down low, guys. If there was a shirt that had a message could be a long quote, could be a whole story written in yeah. small font in the back. Maybe it's three words, just do it on the front. What would that shirt say? You know, I, I don't know if it would be um, a long quote. Yeah. Um, I would say going back to that conversation we had about my father, understand life is short. Yeah. That, that would be a sentence on that shirt. Um, um, do something that you love, okay? Um, you know, we talk about seventh level businesses and stuff like that. I want to build a massive operation. I enjoy working with buyers and sellers. This yeah. is who I am. Yeah. It's like, yeah, who, who I am. Um, do something that you love. You'll be great at it. Just find whatever you love. And if it's not real estate, go find what you love. Right. Um, um, and then just understand that, you know, the person that you look up to puts their pants on the same way that you do. Yeah. And that, that they're, they go through trials, tribulations, they've had a journey and all of that stuff. And you have to, what I call suspend disbelief. What I had to do that first year, I had to suspend disbelief. Okay. It's not going to work for me. And so, um, those would probably be, you know, a couple of the points that I would put on that shirt and it wouldn't be a lot, but they'd want to be impactful. Powerful, man. Well, what I really took, I'm always searching for what makes this person the world's greatest agent. It's called world's greatest agent because I'm, I'm truly looking for people that I think are the world's greatest. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely see you as one of the world's greatest agents. And what I took from it is why is D the world's greatest agent? Very simple. You said it yourself. You're the world's most rejected agent. Mm -hmm. And if people can really grasp, if agents can really grasp that Losing is just learning how to win. You can break through anything. Babe Ruth is considered the best baseball player of yeah. all time. Look at his strikeout record. That's it. That makes sense? That's it, yeah. man. D, thank you so much for being Dude. on the show. I'm so stoked that you are now on social media. You really are one of the best out there, man. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being who you've been in, in my life. And uh, can't wait to share this with the world. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.